Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. This hour is brought to you by Jewel Osco. Check the For You app for more deals. You're looking for a guy that pairs well with him. You know, Jaquan is a guy that's a strong safety. He comes down, man's tight ends. Uh, he's a big hammer. Um, the guy that we'll be looking for has got to have athletic ability. He's got to have range. He's got to have great communication skills. Um, and he's got to have ball skills. You know, we want all of our guys to have the ability to take the ball away. Um, and he has to have that too. And then then eventually grow into a leader. You know, if it's a, if it's a free agent, he's going to have to feel the temperature of the room and then and, and dive into the leadership role. And if it's a rookie, he's going to have to develop that with the other guys. Matt Eberflus as football sommelier. What pairs well with a Jaquan Brisker? Maybe a lovely Pinot Noir with a bit of red fruit on the front and lighter tannins on the back end, or maybe a massive Cabernet that needs to breathe for an hour. I was like, I'm not familiar with the terminology. Let's talk some football with the guy who knows a lot about it. That would be Brad Spielberger of Pro Football Focus. He's the PFF salary cap analyst, contributor to OverTheCap.com, on Twitter at PFF underscore Brad, and with us on the Score Hotline, brought to you by Circa Resort and Casino, CircaLasVegas.com, Twitch.tv slash Chicago 670, the score. Hello again, Brad. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing? Brad, we are great, man. Thanks for joining us. And I know that some of this is is retreading territory that you and I talked about on Football Night in Chicago. But I got to let the score audience in on you breaking some of this stuff down. So find the Bears a center in free agency. Who's out there? I think the big name you're going to hear a little bit about is Lloyd Cushenberry. You saw Brad Biggs mention his name. I don't think Brad Biggs mentions names by accident. Uh, I think he's probably the best. Young, pass-protecting center in free agency. Not the greatest player at the second level, if you're thinking of a perfect run scheme fit for Shane Waldron, but certainly a good athlete, a former third-round pick out of LSU. Um, was top 10 for us the last two seasons um, and pass uh, pressure rate allowed as a pass protector. He's young. Uh, he's physical. Uh, I think that's your big name. And then I think if you don't go there, you just go to two pretty obvious, pretty easy connections. Two guys that played for Shane Waldron. Uh, the first being Evan Brown, who played in Seattle this past year. Another guy I like probably even more than that is Coleman Shelton, who played with him for the Rams a couple of years ago. A guy that can play guard, can play center, is good getting to the second level, um, you know, backside blocks and, and in space is a good athlete. So get the connections there, or you kind of take the bigger swing on a guy like a Lloyd Cushenberry. Is Cushenberry the one coming off an injury? 
No, he, he missed about half the season in 2022. Uh, this okay. past year, he played over 1,000 snaps, which is what he also did uh, his rookie and sophomore year. So, no, he's, he's largely been very, very durable. Now that we know what the cap number is, what are, your, what are the rankings as far as who's got effective cap space? Yep, so the Bears are still top five. Uh, I want to say they're third or fourth as of right now in effective cap space. You know, 80 and overall, you, you chop off about 12, 13 uh, with the current draft class. You know, of course, the, the first overall pick and the ninth overall pick get pretty big contracts. And then got to fill out the rest of the roster. So still way, way up there. They don't have any proven performance escalators, which is these increased salaries. Because uh, guys like Kevin and, and Larry Borum, uh, Khalil Herbert, no one qualified for the Bears this year. So didn't lose space for those different things. Um, obviously, a Jalen Johnson tag would be about $20 million. But even after the tag, they, they, if they go that route, uh, they still have a ton of resources to work with. Now, Brad, based on your calculations, based on all the data that you have, where in general is the best free agent money spent and where is the worst free agent money spent by position? Yeah, the data is pretty strong. You want to spend on the non-premium position. So interior offensive line, like we just talked about, um, if you're talking D-line, you're talking run-defending edges, early-down guys, or you know nose tackles, not your pass rush types. I think safety is always a good one. Off-ball linebacker you can do pretty well. You're not going to find – the simplest way to put it is, if a marquee tackle receiver or edge rusher, or obviously quarterback, um, is a free agent, there is inherently a red flag and a negative signal in the fact he's even on the market because teams aren't letting elite players at premium positions leave. So – I would say that at a high level. And then secondly, you can attack the premium position, so to speak, but more for rotational pieces, you know, guys that fill a certain type of role, not, you know, starter three down type players. You mentioned Jalen Johnson earlier today. Ryan Poles started off his press conference talking about Johnson, and he sounded as if they're very far down the road on an extension for him. From what you know of the of how he graded out, what you thought of how he played, and what you think the market is, what makes sense for a, a, a contract for Jalen Johnson? Yeah, look, it's going to be near top of the market. I also think there's a decent chance it gets done without a franchise tag even happening. Um, I think they are fairly close. I think if you're Jalen Johnson's camp, you have to come in asking to reset the market. You know, Jair Alexander at $21 million a year is the highest paid corner in the NFL. That's a deal that's a couple years old now. Um, and even ignoring the cap spike and all of those things, it's just it's been a stagnant market, and you kind of owe it to your your fellow you know, you know position mates to try to reset that market and push it forward. So if I'm Jalen, I'm asking for you know 22 million dollars a year. If I'm Chicago, I'd love to keep it you know around a 20 number. Um, you know I think maybe that's kind of your your final numbers. All right, we'll give you a four years, 80 type, type of range. Um, yeah, I mean he was the highest graded corner of all PFF this past year, and even in prior years. Even in some occasions where he wasn't super highly graded, um, he's a guy where context matters a ton. You know, he, he is a guy that is taking on you know massive roles. Obviously, doesn't switch sides or trail against number one receivers, but um, he is a lockdown player. Doesn't get a lot of safety help over the top. Like he's a guy they trust to, to have those very difficult matchups. And he's 24 years old still. He'll be 25 in week one. But yeah, he, he is a clear cut top 10 corner in the league, uh, and his contract will, will soon reflect that. Brad, how did how did Braxton Jones grade out this past year is 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 he fine or is, are there players in this draft that you could see the Bears looking at and saying they could do better or in free agency? 
I think they will definitely not free agency. You know, we kind of talk about that. It's just it's nearly impossible to find a tackle. Um, there's a reason why a guy would be there. Injury question marks or other issues. So they're, they're not going to be able to sign anyone, in my opinion, that it's a market upgrade that's worth the price associated there. Braxton Jones is funny. The way I put it is he's kind of the new Charles Leno, where I think people sometimes oversee. It's hard to find an average starting left tackle in the NFL. It's almost like the, the planet theory. Just like how many guys are walking around Earth that are – Six five plus, three hundred pounds plus, and are dancing bears that can do these things. Like, and I think the reason why I see the Charles Leno comp is, look, against speed to power, against the bigger, more physical pass rushers, Braxton Jones can get beat. Guys can get into his chest and push him back a little bit. But he's a phenomenal fit in this run scheme, in my opinion. And I think he does pretty well against the kind of bendier, more finesse, speed type of edge rushers. Um, look, Miles Garrett, it, it, it was not a good matchup, but it's not a good matchup for anyone. So I think he's an above-average starting left tackle on a fifth-round contract. All of that said, if they're sitting there at nine and, and you know, a Joe Alter and Olu Fashanu, the two top tackles in the class from you know, Notre Dame and Penn State, I think they probably consider it. Um, but if I'm them, I, I, I believe in the continued development and growth of Braxton Jones. As much as we talk about a quarterback being on a rookie deal, allowing you for some luxuries elsewhere – if what you're saying is true and you're not paying premium left tackle money, how compartmentalized is that as far as best NFL practices? Does that affect what you only pay other offensive linemen because you look at that as a single number? Or does that give you flexibility anywhere else in your roster? It's, it's definitely both, but I think it is a thing teams do where they, they say, how, come, how much do we want to allocate to an entire position group? So, like, we know they paid Nate Davis a solid guard contract, you know, lower middle tier, and then we're talking center. If I'm them, I do say we have a rookie contract right tackle who we like a lot already, and he's one year into his deal. We have a rookie left tackle, or, you know, rookie contract left tackle who's two years into his deal. Yeah, you know what? Do we always want to spend a lot at center? No. But in this scenario with that context, we'll make a splash there. We'll get a veteran, you know, to come in and work, and whether it's a rookie or whether you want to help field get back on track, whatever – don't force him to work with a rookie that, that it has to adjust to the NFL game. Um, so, so, yeah, it, it's fluid. It's not a hard, bright-line rule. But they definitely do say, like, oh, let's make sure, you know, the, 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 the allocation of resources is, is to a degree, you know, kind of spread out across different position groups. How do you feel about the running back position now overall when it comes to free agency dollars? Um, because And the reason that I bring it up is that, I look at the Bears running back room and I go, uh, it, could, it could really use an upgrade. Now, maybe you can find that in the fourth or fifth round and not spend a lot of money on it. Are there any types of contract bargains for players that you could see having a, a, a good year under Shane Waldron and, and depending on what quarterback they have in free agency? Or is that something now that you just turn over to the draft? I'm actually at the point now where I think we've reached that inflection point, where I now do think, you know, not to use a Bears player as an example, but like the David Montgomery, the James Conner, these guys that are getting these, these, you know, six, seven million dollar a year deals, they're better than that. It's just the market is so suppressed at all levels, you know, the top level guys, and then of course the mid tier and down. I actually do now think I would rather than use a, you know, third round pick or, you know, earlier than that. I'd rather pay a guy that I know is a good player. Maybe he's not great, whether it's you know lack of breakaway speed, maybe he can't play through contact all that well, whatever his shortcoming is. He's a clear-cut quality member of a of a unit, um, you know, of a committee. If that's how you're going to go about it, like I, I think we're getting there. Like a DeAndre Swift this year, a Zach Moss. Like there are 
guys that I think you're going to sign for four or five million dollars a year that are that are actually worth more than that because the, the position market is just so suppressed. If, in fact, the Bears were in the market for a new backup quarterback, if they wanted to strengthen that room as much as uh, certain people may love Tyson Bagent, who would be on the top of that list of a, a skilled, flexible veteran who would isn't going to necessarily be a threat to any starter, but you know can more than get you out of a game or get you through a few games as a backup? Yeah, it's funny. It's not going to be like the sexiest headline or storyline of the offseason, but it's one that like agents and teams I think find very fascinating. Is This past year was like the year of the backup quarterback. We had like 45 guys start games this year, and whether you had a, a Gardner Minshew that almost made the playoffs or you, you know, were going through the Tommy DeVitos of the world in New York, like it, it dictated – I mean, I guess that didn't really dictate the Giants' season, but uh, it, with all due respect. But like it, it mattered a ton kind of how you allocated resources there. So I do think Minshew is, is a guy that maybe makes sense. He's now, we've seen, um, he's probably a good mentor, good guy in you know, the film room to work with. I think he brings a good energy, he's fun, you know, like Chase Daniel wearing a costume, all that stuff, like trying to keep things light. Um, I think he'll do it pretty, pretty well, get a pretty good deal. Uh, I think he's one. I think Jacoby Brissett is honestly an underrated player and a guy that really should probably chase a bridge option and maybe even start for a couple of games, but might have to just go the, the veteran backup route. Um, so those two to me, you know, kind of jump out as, as really, really good candidates for a help a young player come along, or again, even help a Justin Fields just regain confidence and learn a new offense. Um, both of those guys, to me, are, are, are very, very quality backup quarterbacks. I, I'm glad that Dan asked that, that question and that you responded the way that you did because I, I think that the Bears quarterback room, regardless if it's Justin or Caleb, needs an upgrade, and they need an upgrade of a veteran quarterback that if they have to play, they can, but more importantly, someone that can help in the room. Like, there's, there is value in that, and I don't know how how to to quantify the value, but I they can't go back into a season where their quarterback room is Justin Nathan Peterman and Tyson Bajan. It can't be that, Brad. I'm with you. I really am. I, I think it's underappreciated. And like you said, sometimes it's hard to quantify. You need to argue. Well, this rookie didn't pan out and become a you know a a franchise quarterback, so therefore there was no value. No, like for all you know, there are there are plays or series where the young quarterback saw coverage or identified pre-snap a, a, a sim pressure or a blitz or something, and because of what the veteran said in the room, instead of getting sacked, he threw a you know, 15-yard completion. Like That stuff is happening. It builds confidence and also actually leads to on-field production. So, yeah, hard to quantify. It is certainly a real thing. Brad, appreciate it, man. Always great. Thank you. Of course. Thank you, guys. That is Brad Spielberger, He's PFF so salary good. cap analyst. Yes, he is. So on on my rundown here, <laughs> I, I have written. Tell me, did I write this down correctly? Dumb stories follow up. That is correct. We are going to follow up on two stories that we talked about yesterday. Both are dumb. I'm there. Next on the score. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. 
Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Bernstein and Holmes, midday 10 to 2 on Sports Radio 670 The Score. And 670thescore.com in Odyssey Station. Got a throw, looking around, maybe run, and can't wrap him up, he's still going, fighting forward, and he's close to a first down. He's like a Mack truck, and now the spot. My goodness. This is, this is the NFL, you're not supposed to be able to do that. Yes, he's like a Mack truck, exactly, which is why at a flag football event, you don't try to fight him. It's not going to end there, well for you. Unless unless you are a professional football player or John Bones Jones. I was saying, a professional <laughs> fighter of some kind. But, but, but it, only... It, it, it has to be John Bones Jones because size. Unless, unless you're him... Or an NFL player. Who was the that, the that, concept of fighting Cam Newton is who, ridiculous. Who was the Bears draft pick? The total freakazoid, John Theory. No, he, he wasn't. He wasn't like nice like John Theory. This guy like had something wrong with him, and I think he tried to become a fighter, and then he was doing Bob like bear. Sapp? Bob Sapp. Thank you. Great call, Bob Sapp. But wasn't Bob Sapp? Didn't he end up in the the longest yard? I don't know. Yeah, I think he was in the longest yard with was Adam he? Sandler. Yet another big Bob Sapp. Well, no, don't confuse him with Jamal Duff. No, I'm talking about Bob Sapp. Okay, you not are correct. Guy. Yeah, yeah, uh, he's he plays kind of a very simple, gentle giant in okay. the longest yard. Yeah, because that, and I mean, you talk like a that guy, huge man. Yeah, and, and and like had some issues. Definitely. Yeah. Also fought professionally. Yes. In Japan. Yes. Yep. So huge man. Like, unless you're Kimbo Slice, you don't remember him from Longest Yard. No, I remember him. Yeah. Once I saw the face, I remember. Yeah, that's not Longest Yard. It is. It was the remake of Longest of the Longest. Burt Reynolds was in the movie. It's the remake. Whatever. It's not. Nelly was hilarious in that. Shout out to Nelly for figuring out where his life went wrong and fixing it. Smart man. Shout where, out to Cornell, St. Louis. No, like letting Ashanti go. And oh. he was like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to get her back. And he got her back. Now they're happy. So shout out to him. Anyway, Dan, do you know that over the last couple of days, these dudes that fought Cam Newton, and we were all wondering, were these kids that were fighting him? And a couple of people, I thought, did some really good work on this. Shannon Sharp talking about it. Matt Leinart was very passionate talking about it, saying, look, Cam Newton does all this stuff for his community, for the community, to try and show the love for football. And you have these guys, like, messing with it. You were on the interwebs, black Twitter, black Instagram, 
these two, these three dudes are getting cooked. Like I have never seen the the ratio be what it is. Everyone's like, number one, y'all are stupid. Number two, number two, y'all got y'all asses whooped. Start with one. You're stupid. And and number three, now you gonna cry about it? Now one of the dudes, the dreadlock dude, was talking bleep about Cam before the incident. And it was on it was on the interwebs. Now these fools are out here going to anyone with a microphone to try to tell their side of the story. You believe this? First and foremost, like what I want to do, I want to apologize to everybody that was out there and okay. to the the parents of not just our team, but mm-hmm. everybody. Everybody that was affected by like, it. Yeah. That should have never happened. Mm-hmm. Like we should have been able to sit down and talk. Like there's no reason we should be yelling at each other while a game right. going on. Like it's that's. Ain't none of that necessary. So Cam has an organization. Mm -hmm. It's not just one team. He has an organization. So it's just been a lot of trash talk, you know, from, you know what I'm saying, hit more so his side, just out of nowhere, just talking crazy to us for no reason. It's like, it's not nothing new. Like, I've been around bro for five years. So, Mm -hmm. like, this typical Cam Newton behavior. But Steph, you was right there. Yeah, so oh, they you talking. You listening to the whole thing, so yeah, you heard yeah. him and you walked up. So Let Steph walk up there, oh, okay. What's the, and as I'm know? walking up with Steph, Cam is in Steph's face. I made y'all responsible for everything y'all do, whatever. The, then he grabbed Steph. Okay. So me being my little brother, and I'm walking up a flight of steps, and I see a 6'6 guy grabbing my brother. And that's the footage that everybody that's sees. That's what everybody's seeing. Okay. Like, so that was the first altercation yeah, that everybody nothing, saw. Nothing else right ever happened before okay. that. Nothing else ever happened. Like, nobody's okay. seeing like, how he was talking crazy for the past two days. Like Nobody's seen that. You're still stupid. After further review, the, the stupid pl- the, the call stands. You're stupid. The, the stupid is confirmed. It's more than stands. That was courtesy 105.3 The Beat in Atlanta. Oh, oh, that's nice. Yeah, with Jojo Alonzo, the baddest Boricua in the game. Hey, I might hey. have to agree with that. No, somebody tell Gabe. Well, he wouldn't put himself as the baddest Boricua. Why? He wouldn't do that. Okay. We can ask him, but I don't think that he would label himself as that. Because then we got a show if we got the well, the, the bad Boricua and well, the now, executioner. Now I need to know because I don't know if Jim BT is Puerto Rican or not. Because she would have claim to that. She would. Ray is like, Ray is like, oh, yes, she would. Let me go on over here. to D96 and that's, find out. That's go right. over to Jams. That's right. She's to going to be in the Dancing with the Chicago Celebrities. That's right. Shout out to Jim BT. She's good people, man. Real well, good people. Who else is in Dancing with Chicago Celebrities? I didn't. I, I saw Anna talking to Chuck some people. Chuck Hey, get my dancing shoes I don't. Chuck should be in it, but I don't think with his schedule he could do it just because of when it is. But I saw Jim BT this morning. I couldn't see who else was in the background, but I, I saw saw the homie Anna Bellaval. Mm-hmm. Shout out to her and her her husband, huge listener of the show. I got I literally got a message from Anna being like, "Got in the car, my husband was listening to your stupid radio show." Good. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, that's that's why I rock with him. He's good people." Um, but we'll have to find out because I don't know if Jim BT is if she because she would if she is. She would have claimed to baddest Bariqua in the game. No doubt. If that's no the doubt. case. So so these fools continue to play themselves. You know what you should do? Like, you not only are you going on radio, you're going on radio in Cam's hometown. You're going to go on radio in Atlanta. Okay, dummies. You should just fade to the background like Homer Simpson. 
You should act like this never happened. And when you see that man, you should apologize to him. So that's one stupid story that we needed to update. The other stupid story that we needed to update had to do with court storming. Studs, can we play the Jay Billis first? This was when we were talking about the court storming incident that happened at Wake Forest. One of the Duke players got hurt with the court storming. This is after, of course, Caitlin Clark got hurt a few weeks ago with a court storming and all this stuff. Jay Billis gave us this gym. The truth is nothing's going to change now. We're going to talk about it. And it's going to go away and nothing's going to change. And if they wanted to stop it, they could stop it tomorrow. Uh, the, the, the administrators will tell you that uh, security experts tell them that it's not, it's not a good idea to try to stop the court storming, that that could cause more problems than it would solve. But you don't have to stop the court storming. One time, all you have to do is once they're on the court, don't let them off. Just just say you're all detained and give them all citations or arrest them if you want to. And then court stormings will stop the next day. Yeah, you hear that? You're detained. You can't leave. You're, you're detained. You're under arrest. You thousands of people, you're all detained. Yeah, because logistically that would work out very well what if for I the decide security to, team. What if I I'm, decide to leave this way? I'm not detained anymore. I just, I just, left. I just left. What if I just run? I enjoy Jay Billis wanting to take away people's constitutional rights. He's, and he's not just, he's not, <laughs> he's not just a former basketball player. No, he's also, he's a lawyer. Right. He's also not a guy who went to law school. He practiced corporate law for a while. Well, maybe he needs he to practice some law that'll bring him closer to the people. Right, instead of litigating for corporations somewhere in Charlotte or wherever he was. Instead of putting those Jeezy verses on your Twitter, Jay Billis, perhaps you should listen to why Jeezy is saying what he's saying. Because Jeezy, the snowman, is a man of the people. And you're apparently a man of the man. I just, I, I always feel like quoting Lorenzo Charles every time. You, From what you told me, you cannot I'll use have to, that quote. I'll have to edit it. I don't trust you, Dan. I'll I don't trust it. you. I'll, to edit I'll change it. what Lorenzo. See, I mean, if you know, if you knew the late great Lorenzo Charles, you know he's the guy that scored the bucket that won the championship. He played in the NBA for a bit. He played. Was it a shot here. or an alley oop? It was a shot. It was a missed shot by Wittenberg. And then Mike Warren comes up and grabs him, and he's like, "We won! We won, Lorenzo! We won!" And Lorenzo said, "Yo, Mike, man, you got to let go of my neck, man. I can't breathe." And he's like, "Okay, sorry, sorry." And he. Big tough dude, and he, Jay Billis comes up on the screen. We're sitting in the airport in South Carolina. It's Greenville Spartanburg Airport. It's like six in the morning. Stay close to the dump button, studs. <laughs> I'll, I'll change it. And Billis had just started at ESPN at that point. And he looks up, and, and Lorenzo's like, Jay Billis. Jay Billis. I used to use him like a plastic sex toy. All right, fair enough. Right. All right, that's pretty good. <laughs> Everyone just like, you're right, low. And he would say something like that. He would always be like this total like New York bedsty tough guy, but he could never do it without laughing at the end. You you would just wait for him, and he he would like do the whole thing. He's got his wrap around sunglasses on, his Raiders jacket on, and then he would smile, and everybody would just fall out. Well. Lorenzo Charles wasn't the only one who would have maybe had a problem with what what Jay, Jay Billis, Billis had to say. His colleague at ESPN, Richard Jefferson, offered us this. 
That's got to be the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my entire. Did he say detain 10,000 people? Did he say give 10,000 people citations? Me and Becky were talking before this because I asked the, the Hall of Famer Becky Hammond. So what do you think? She goes, if you don't make stupid rules, you don't have to enforce them. And that is silly. First of all, I get it. As an Arizona player, Duke players, typically the really good teams, I've had the court stormed on me four or five times. It's a part of it. It sucks. You don't want to see this. There has been things that happen. But this is about college basketball. This is about college football. To say something, and I love Jay Billis, a legend in this game. That is asinine to suggest that because for me, when you look at this, yes, get your players off the floor. We saw the situation with Caitlin Clark. However you feel left or right about that, was it a little bit of a flop? Was it a little bit of an embellishment? I get it. But this is a part of college sports. It always has been. For what, 40 years, 50 years? You know what? Even in football, you're going to stop all the people from running on the field when Alabama loses to Florida A&M? No, you're not going to stop hey. it. So figure out a way to protect your players. And again, we're talking about one situation, two situations situations over the course of how many court stormings we get it but let's not get old and get the get off my lawn get a citation let's arrest them all do you do we know what we're talking about when we say these things like come on to me if you paid your tuition and you go and support your team and they're an underdog against a high level arizona duke north carolina kansas kentucky and you get the win look you deserve to storm the court that's my opinion let's not arrest or cite give citations to ten thousand people As a texter saying, Robert and Naperville, like, what are you, a giant fishing net falls onto the court? We've got you now. They're trapped. That's got to be the dumbest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> are they talking about Caitlin Clark? Whatever you think, left or right? Is there a political divide that happened with Caitlin Clark? He's saying that le- there are some people who believe that she flopped, and there are some people who said that believe that she was injured by a, a fan running onto the court. That's what he means. Ah, I see. And I'm kind of with this texter who says, I hate anyone who uses the it's always been that way argument. Even, I agree. Even if Billis's idea is also dumb. I agree. It's always been that way. Texter, well, you are yes. 100% on it. Well, we never had to have car seats or children and science. Or warning, warnings on cigarettes. Bad. Yeah. <laughs> What's up? What's up with these seatbelts? We never had to wear those when I was growing up. Ridiculous. You just went through the windshield. Um, these surgical masks and surgical suites. Well, see, now... Don't start uh, that. that up for a reason. Um, we need, I'm going to break us early. You want to know why? Because we have to have fun with this yeah. last segment. Yeah. Yes, because speaking of, good. speaking of the dumbest things I've ever heard in my life, <laughs> we are going to share. If you're a White Sox fan. Oh, White Sox. You're going to be offended by this. Next on The Score. Go White Sox. You're listening to Bernstein and Holmes. Middays 10 to 2 on 670 The Score. I don't like our team. So I, I thought this was a parody when we were sitting in our meeting and this call came in to the Mully and Haw show because it sounded, it was too good to be true. I'm like, no, 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 no this isn't real. So there's, there's no way this so, is real. So to give you guys kind of an idea of what it's like, we have an office that we all share. So we all meet up in our office and it happens to be the office where Connor O'Donnell is making sure that everything is going well on Twitch. And so we usually will have the sound up to find out when we need to come in for transition with Mully and Haw. And so we were finished putting the show together with our dumbness, and we heard a call, and we all just kind of stopped because 
what Dan said. It felt like it was a bit. You judge for yourself. This is what someone told Mully and Haw about the strength of the 2024 Chicago White Sox. Mike is in Northbrook. Mike wants to say something. Hi, Mike. Well, respectfully, I'm, I'm sick of all the negativity about the Sox. You know, there's some, there's some good things about this team, starting with the fact that they happen to have two of the better power hitters around in Luis Robert and, and Jimenez. And they still got Moncada, who was looking better. And they got Benintendi. And aside from that, there's an old axiom about baseball. Be strong up the middle. Well, look at them up the middle now. They got Maldonado. They got the Young. They got Lopez. And they got Roberts. That's real solid up the middle. And, by the way, that makes a pitching staff better. And, by the way, they still got Dylan Cease. They still got Kopech. They got some hope. I'm not saying for sure in this guy who was, who was the number one pitcher in the Korean League. You guys just mentioned, and they Andrew mentioned at the Vaughan. time, when Lance, when Lance, yeah, when Lance Lynn was Vaughan. traded. I, I can't remember. Yeah, still got Andrew Vaughn. Yeah. I mean, so what I'm trying to say is I look at teams at the end of the year who's in the World Series, and I'm not seeing always teams that knock the heck out of the baseball, even though the Sox right. have some guys that They're can do that. They're going with the Diamondbacks. Mike, look. I appreciate the phone call, and I yeah. apologize for Molly being so negative about the White Sox. See, you mean like the Rangers? I do not appreciate the phone call because it's a terrible phone call. You and don't think the Rangers hit the ball out of the yard? Did you watch the World Series? Look at the teams that win. And your whole strong up the <laughs> middle thing, which first of all makes no sense. Second of all, you named three minor leaguers. I look pretty good with that Maldonado and DeYoung and Nicky Lopez. That's three Bottom of the maybe replacement level big leaguers. We know that Maldonado is a professional receiver. We know that he's a great defense. One sixty. I know, but he's a great defensive catcher. No homers. Right. He's a great defensive catcher. He's a major league player. The other two guys at at this point, Paul DeYoung is fringe, and Nicky Lopez is fringe. Not French. Not French. Fringe. Oh, maybe. I don't know. Monca- we got Moncada? I mean, come on, First man. of all, what do you – do you think Kopech's good? You mentioned Kopech? The White Sox don't even think that Kopech's good. You know that Eli Jimenez is going to play like 70 games because that's all he ever plays. Yeah, it's too bad. Well, and if you're naming pitchers and you're starting about good things about the White Sox, you get, you get one pitcher deep before you get to – Big question mark, and then bad. Oh, not big yeah, question mark. Yeah. You and get then, one oh, pitcher maybe, who's going to be gone, and then the next one's been terrible. And maybe this guy that was good in Korea, whose name you don't even know, Moncada. I'm tired Moncada. of this. I'm tired of this. Is that Moncada? Maybe that's Moncada because Moncada plays third base. You can't be tired of disrespect and then not know people's names and think bad players are good. And I'm sick of all the negativity about the Sox. You know, there's some there's some good things about this team. There's really not. There's a lot of good things about the ballpark, which the owner wants to leave. And there's a lot of good people over there. That's where it all ends. The team's not good. And they're not going to be good for a while. You know you know why I know that? The general manager of the team doesn't like the team. I don't like our team. And we'll never be royal. Oh, they can aspire. The Royals have, they have one guy. I know, they yeah. got, I know they got one guy. They paid him a whole lot of money, something that the white – like, how dare you name Andrew Benatendi, Andrew Benatendi. How, like, again, how dare you? you the audacity. He, do you know how bad he was? It's not good. 
Wasn't he a, a net zero war? Did he name Benatendi? Yeah, he, he named him. He I was too up, lost. It once he, he said Paul DeYoung, ben I was lost. Benatendi. I'm sick of all the negativity about the Sox. You know, Andrew Benatendi was he a point one war? I'm checking. I'm checking. Last year, he finished as a zero war player. I, that's what I said. Net I neutral. Said, highest paid player in team history. A WRC plus of eighty seven and a oh god. And a value of zero. <laughs> he's costing you money if he's a value of zero. He's a value of zero. That is the highest contract that they have ever given out. But, Dan, he had a hand issue last year. What about the year before? Hand issue. Oh, so now we can expect that home run total to go up to a robust five? So by the Fangraphs data. God. He cost them four hundred thousand dollars last year. He was he was worth negative four hundred thousand dollars. Do you think that's the kind of analytic that Jerry likes? He doesn't like any analytics. I, I think that's I think that's I think that might very be what he much, likes. Very much the analytics that he doesn't like. Yeah, he he thinks analytics take away from the baseball people. But I'm sure Ben Attendee was like, I'm gonna put on my spikes today, owner Jerry. And he's like, Ah, that's my type of guy. You're like David Eckstein out there. My favorite player, favorite even though all-time player. Frank Thomas played here. But he's not my favorite player. And Mark Burley. But David Eckstein's my favorite. Stupid, sexy White Sox. Parkinson Spiegel will join us next. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.